0: Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski.
1: Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, and I am joined by thomas patrick dorian hello Deacon venerable Jeff. tom i'm so glad you're here we're looking for some miracles for tom if anybody's had any miracles hair related miracles, miracles got. i can eat them all man whatever we're looking trying to get him blessed but right now we're just venerable is all we got but hey yeah. that's pretty good though that's a start hey I'm that's a start all right and you know we have a special edition uh because we don't have our buddy ziggy is not here ziggy Sad. stardust i think he's on some kind of He's a star man. I don't know. He's, he's off somewhere. Uh, but uh, I hope you keep that. I hope you don't edit that out. <laughs> no, not going anywhere. Uh, but we do have another Sam.
0: And he's special.
1: Yeah, he, he is special. He is special. Uh he uh, Sam Mock. Hi Sam Mock.
2: Hey Dika Jeff. Hey Tom. Hello, Sam. Do you thanks have to for, get closer to the mic. Don't me. be I afraid. Did that. I made that I made that mistake. Hello. I'm
1: I'm not so experienced at this. Yeah, but you've been here before. <laughs> yeah. And we are <laughs> like, so excited to have trip. you back. The yeah. third trip around the yeah. around the sun. Thanks. And uh, we are we are gonna we have you here for a very good reason. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you're looking like. Wait, I thought you just need well, somebody to fill the
2: seat. Yeah, yeah. I no, to Sam. <laughs> I, I know. I'm
1: glad you're here because, uh, for those who don't know, Sam Mock is the director of the Office of Evangelization and Faith Formation for the Diocese of Memphis, and that's a big fancy, uh, big fancy title for a Kerygma boy. You know, <laughs> that's. That's Kerygma what you are, Corigma boy. boy is here. It's a it's a here superpower. Yeah, that is your superpower, and uh, and so we're going to talk about evangelization. And so I thought, well, you know, you're the perfect guy to do it, right?
2: Uh, I don't know about perfect, but I'll give it my best shot.
1: Yeah, you're going to what? Let's let's set this, the bar real high for our <laughs> listeners. You know, <laughs> <If> <laughs> that's going to be okay. So then I'm I'm happy so, to be here. So we are. Uh, what I want to talk about is something I've been thinking about for a little while. And it, it, it needs to start with a little bit of anecdotal experience on my part. Um, not long ago, I was teaching in a Catholic high school, and I was teaching uh, juniors and seniors. And one of the things that a lot of Catholic high schools, or really just a lot of high schools do with their juniors and seniors, is get them to start journaling, right? And they would have them write um, write in their journals, just a little paragraph every day. You'd get in, you'd start your class, you'd say a prayer, and then you would uh, say, all right, write in your journals. And they would go get their little journals, little composition books or whatever. And they'd, they'd just write a page and, and that would be like part of a a process to get them to be thinking and also processing and praying. And then also have sort of a record, you know, of their kind of their, I don't know, whatever experiences they're going through, whatever the class is, but this was theology, so it's a, it's a, it's not a bad idea to do. Uh, and I, I will say this: I had kind of an eye-opening experience. So one of the things I things I told the kids at the very beginning was I said, "Look, I'm, I'm going to promise you uh, that this will be confidential. That what you write in this journal is going to go between me and you and God, I guess." But uh, but I did tell them, you know, just for those listeners who, like, pulled over the side of the road getting ready to report me, um, I did say, if, you know, to the kids, if you're planning to, if you're talking about hurting yourself or others, we obviously, you know, I said right. I, I would have to, like, talk to somebody else about that. But the reality is, it's like, look, whatever you want to say, you're saying to me, but I really want you saying it to you, to yourself, uh, but also to God. Just You're just writing. What do you, what's on your heart? I was amazed at how many kids and I don't know the exact number but it was a, a significantly larger number than I would ever have dreamed of. Basically said they didn't believe in God. I mean they would say it in those words. I don't believe in God. Was it the majority? It wasn't the majority. Okay, but just an alarming
0: number. Significant it was, number. It was it
1: was a yeah. it was way more significant than you'd think that it would be at a like at a Catholic school and mm-hmm. you know there was a part of me that thought like a parent uh, who was going like I'm paying $12,000 for this here education, and they don't even believe in God, you know? And it's like, I could see someone being upset there, you know? Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, there's something bigger going on than 12000 bucks. I mean, there's there's like this existential crisis for these kids that's happening. It was just really eye-opening, and it actually affected the way I taught in those classes a little bit because I started to talk more, and that and I started thinking about that And it also sent me back like sort of in a little time caps, a little time travel for myself about my own sort of reversion. I was born and raised Catholic, and I reverted to the Catholic Church because I left the Catholic Church but came back, uh, and how how impactful that was for me and all. But then I started thinking like, well, what were the conditions? What were the situation for me? And for me, it was like I believed in God. Um, I just didn't know like how God wanted me to worship. So, it was like, for me, it was really about, like, which is the right church? Mm-hmm. And and I think, if you remember about 30-some-odd years ago, everybody was kind of really into what was called then apologetics. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's kind of like a... That's not really a good word to use anymore, is it, Sam? Do we do we say apologetics? I mean, you we do, yeah. don't I mean, get offended yeah. by it, right. but, but you don't see it in media anywhere. Right.
2: Yeah, the emphasis, uh, I think, right now is not on making the proper arguments for... Um, church teaching—it's more focused on relationship and, and um, proclaiming the gospel through your actions and the way you live your life. It's not this whole like adage that's that's um, that's attributed to Saint Francis about you know preach the gospel always when necessary use words. Right. Like we're still using words. We're still proclaiming Christ. Um, but you, you don't you don't see um, these intellectual arguments necessarily happening as much anymore.
1: So at the same time that I was having my reversion, um, uh, John Paul II, Pope Saint John Paul II, uh, pretty good guy, right, Sam? You like you like yeah, JP? I D. love JP. Yes, yes, I know you do. But yeah. he wrote this uh, World uh, Youth Day Denver. Nice. Yes, uh, he wrote a. Uh, uh, um, um, I don't know if it's an apostolic exhortation or a, um, a, a, an encyclical, but it was Redempt, uh, Red, uh, *Redemptoris Missio*, uh, mission of redemption, and that was in 1983. And in there, he proposed um, what what he labeled or termed as the new evangelization, right? And then, and, and I think when you say new evangelization, especially the Catholics, they all kind of like remember that. But you stop and think about it, but that's like 40 years old. Right, forty years ago that that, yeah, that, that kind of came out. Yeah, well, we're getting older, <laughs> Tom. Uh, and so the thing is, uh, the new evangelization, and it just made me. It's like so all this stuff is rattling around in my brain, you know. And the new evangelization is talking about um, new means, new expressions, and new ardor. I think were the words that he used uh, in that document, uh, like, but essentially evangelizing. In, in, with new methods, right, in, in a new kind of a language for evangelization, and certainly with a with a with a renewed zeal, and, and it all made sense, right. And so when I was uh, essentially coming back to the church, it, it kind of fit me perfectly, it fit like a like a glove for me. But I just I wonder if people uh, like right now, I, I'm not going to say that the new evangelization is bad or wrong or old or you know, old hat or we need to ignore that. We do something else. Cause I think we're still in the midst of this new evangelization, mm-hmm. but I just wonder if we might like be thinking like a new, new evangelization in, in a certain way.
2: Yeah. I, th- I think time over the last 40 years, you think about the, the um, developments in things like media. There's the new media that happened and right. social media took off. And I remember giving a presentation to the priests of the diocese 12 years ago saying how important it was that we at least had a presence on, on Facebook, and uh, now our, our bishop is posting probably fifty times a day. I don't yeah. even know if that's much of an—I don't think that's much of an exaggeration. I think we as a church have, have gotten ourselves out there in the media in a lot of different ways um, that you wouldn't have seen ten or twelve years ago. And that if that encyclical or that letter was was written forty years ago, just think about all the different cultural changes that have in that time. Yeah. And if we don't—if we don't uh, address people. Um, if we don't, not necessarily take on the times, but we need to use whatever means are available to us uh, in the cultural moment in order to speak into people's lives. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, so I don't disagree with that at all, but I even had a more I will we'll say a disturbing thought or a realization, a sobering thought. We had, had a sobering thought and a realization. New for Jeff. Yes, I know. It's very new for me. <laughs> uh, but here's the deal. Um, so when that came out, right, in 1983 and, and the subsequent years when it was kind of taken hold in the church. You, you know, I think there was a presumption that most people had some understanding of, of God, of, of a spiritual being, a belief in God. And there were a lot of people that were… At least some kind of existence. Right, uh, and really all of the, uh, the sort of the mainline Protestant churches hadn't really started their sort of unraveling at that point. And there were a lot of uh, churches, kind of growing and and getting bigger, and and there was just a lot of there was there were we'd just come out of like the Jesus movements and Jesus revolutions and things that were happening in the seventies, and so there was this there was this focus on Jesus, right? There really there really was at that time, sort of a, a presumption of a belief in God for a lot of people, for most people, I think, mm-hmm. but that. That revelation to me, I think that God giving me a little window into the hearts of some of these uh, seniors, juniors and seniors in high school, uh, made me think that there's just a lot, and as I watch the social media now, there's a lot of people that just absolutely don't believe in God. So it kind of, it kind of moved through a, uh, like a, a like, how does God want me to worship at the beginning? But then it's like, well, who is God? And then it became, does God even exist? Mm-hmm. And then it became, why do we even need God? So we're, it's a, that's a bad progression, right? And I just think that I don't want to get everybody depressed, but I think, I think even more now, like we may even, one of the new either means, I guess maybe new expressions, really needs to be helping people like just have a relationship or understand that there is a God and that he does love them and he does care. So basically going back to the charisma.
0: Back to the basics.
1: Yeah, I, I just, I, I just, I don't. Do you all feel the same way, or do you feel like everybody's like trying to figure out what church they should be joining?
2: Uh, no, I mean, I think people are trying to decide how they're how they're going to live their lives. If you don't have the church, if you don't have God governing that, then where do you look to make decisions about, or tr- try to understand who you are, right? What it means to be a human being, and and how we relate to each other. And what we're seeing right now is so many people are relying on themselves or some type of cultural um influencer or a youtube celebrity or a right. life coach to to find meaning in their lives and and i think people are more lost now than they have at least in my lifetime than i have yeah. that i have and and you look at the results of, of how that's playing out in the culture like there's there's been a lot of especially the post-covid era there's all this like there's a lot of existential like why what, why are we all here and why does yeah. suffering exist and and people are kind of wandering around aimlessly looking for something and, and now i think the opportunity for us is to demonstrate that, I think I do have, some, us, we as Christians, those who know Jesus, who uh, follow Jesus, who are disciples, who have dropped our nets. Right. Um, I, it's, it's up to us to, to live that out in a, in a very visible way and to start to build relationships and help people kind of um, crack open why it is you're living the way that you're living. So it's not necessarily an intellectual argument anymore Now than it is uh, knowing who you are, whose you are, and inviting other people into that relationship.
1: It really becomes an existential argument, right? It really it goes to the core of like who we are. And I I just the reason why I even wanted to do this show was not so much to like okay, here's a new list of things we can do, and here's a new list of things. But I think there needs to be a realization on the part of especially us uh, in the church people as you mentioned, you know, who love Jesus uh, and know that they're loved by God and and that we wanna share this with other other people. We just need to make sure that we're not sort of stuck or assuming certain things are true when they aren't because those words get lost. I, I think about uh, like all the other things that kind of parallel this. Uh, for instance, you, you you look in the world, you see fewer kids are getting married. They don't necessarily see the value in in marriage. Some do, but but a lot don't, and a lot more don't. I mean, I think marriage—the number of marriages has dropped by sixty percent, I think, since the seventies, and we're going, at, we're trending uh, down. Uh, and so there's that. And then, I mean, when the Holy Father, so when Pope Francis actually has to make a comment saying, "Hey, you know, I love your I love your your animals, but they're not fur babies," and people are choosing to have. Dogs, and again, I love dogs, and I think you should have a dog, but sometimes people are starting to think that these dogs are children, and they're not, and so we, we, as, we as I get older, you know, I'm, not, I'm maybe the older one sitting here, but the point is, you I realize for myself <laughs> the challenge of like thinking like I did 40 years ago, and thinking I'm talking to people. Who are 40 years ago, and I'm not. I'm talking to people that weren't even born 20 years ago, right? And and they just have a whole different way of looking at things, which means I necessarily have to change how I evangelize.
2: You have to you have to get to know their worldview first, and I think those journals are a really great opportunity for you
1: to know and understand. So I've been better. wearing bell bottom jeans, you know, I'm trying to get in touch with the kids. Start
2: singing "Kumbaya." <laughs> All that stuff. If yeah. We're just it's relevant to the kids, uh, right? Yes, we yeah. need to get
1: some of that modern music in the church. And they will come to church if right. we if we can get those St. No. Louis Jesuits singing yeah. those Man, I love those, the, the St. Louis now, I grew up with the St. Louis fun. Jesuits, man. <laughs> yes.
2: I love that music. Yeah, uh except, not as much anymore. <laughs> it's more sentimental stuff now. Uh, the, getting to getting to know the people that that you're that, that, that you're speaking with and, and understanding their worldview is incredibly important. I mean, we work with campus ministry and young adult ministry. I started in yeah, this. What's
1: your experience like that like? How's that changed?
2: I, I, it's, it's amazing to see just how much they respond to relationship. I mean, we, we talk about this all the time. Um, People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care mm-hmm. we have some really great focus missionaries And we, we always also, have hey, at least
1: one bumper sticker there you go on the Catholic cafe and that was our bumper sticker oh, for the Excellent. Day. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thank gonna, you. we're gonna,
2: gonna make it into a t-shirt. Yeah. It's probably <laughs> out there Somebody's on bonfire selling it. Um <laughs> We have these incredible what focus is missionaries. this bonfire you speak of? <laughs> <laughs> new, new really. There you go <laughs> Google it kids um where was I going? Uh, the the focus missionaries that that we have on our campuses on campuses across the country what, yeah, have been so effective, especially in the last three, uh, three or three years since since COVID started and after. Is like young people are starving for relationship, yeah. right? I think we all recognize that when we were all. Um, quarantined, and we're still. I don't. I, I hate that we're still talking about COVID like three years later. But it had such a tremendous cultural impact on us. Yeah, um, we recognize that we needed to be learn how to be friends again, right? If we can't be friends with each other, it's going to be difficult for us to understand the relationship between Jesus and us. As I don't well.
1: think people realized the devastation that that caused for us to be essentially isolated. It was bad enough that essentially, if you're wearing masks, we we forget just how much we communicate with our faces right and, and identify with our faces and and so this the the masking whether it was necessary or not really was very very uh really destructive and you know and it was really bad i think especially with like kids in these formative years and they're growing up you know, you're just a little hamstrung when it comes to the ability to use and communicate with their face and this the that sort of ministry of presence and relationship, and then to be sort of tucked away in a house with with nothing but social media and just the rise of the TikTok and all the different things that you know. I don't is TikTok the thing or was it was it you know because it was Instagram, but that was all the old people were on Facebook and still are I guess, and that all keeps changing. Um, and I, and I think that the the more that changes, the more the kids kind of, uh, and I say the kids, meaning anybody younger than me, right, <laughs> are, are, are kind of drifting aimlessly, right? There's not necessarily a toehold, but I love something that you said I want to talk about for a second. This sort of like, uh, this desire where they're sort of, they're attracted to relationship, and I think to some degree, one thing I can say about pretty much everybody younger than me is these these, again, we'll call them kids, and it sounds like an old man, I'm sorry, but these kids really do want to do good. Mm-hmm. They really are good in their hearts. So whether, uh, you know, in my day when we're, we're saving whales or whatever we're, we're concerned about, you know, when you're talking about the environment, when you're talking about all these different things that, that people see as a sort of a mission, really at the heart of it is something good. It's something really good that they want to preserve, they want to keep, They, they want to be. they want to be good, they want everyone to be loved, and to have love, and even if there's misguided uh, hashtags that come out of these things, the reality is there is there is goodness there.
2: Yeah, there's there's a longing for belonging. Um, as We're you only go, allowed oh, one that's a bumper sticker. One that bumper I just came sticker. up with. Uh, <laughs> We're on a roll there's a, long, a longing for belonging, and... and um, one of the things that you brought up too is the importance of family. Like the, the, way, the way it's been described so far is that these, these young people are just kind of aimless, like wandering around. And, and,
1: but, but there's no at, at their core, they're not aimless. They don't, and they don't even know that they're aimless. They just don't know where they're aiming, I think right.
2: And, and, and I don't know. I'm, I'm a, my, we work with my, my wife was a youth minister. I work with campus and young adult ministry for, for many years. I'm, I'm a dad now of a third, five kids. Um, and and I'm seeing um what what a what an impact great parents have on all of this too. Like, um, many have been formed very well in college. Actually, yeah. kind of kind of discover their faith and learn how to live out their faith, or saw some example of a of a hall director at a at a, at a college or or some parents that of of uh, their classmates in school saw what what an impact a good healthy catholic or christian family life is like um and that was imparted on their kids like i think so much of one of the things that gives me hope and encouragement is you you do have this kind of newer generation probably like 40 and younger who have had the benefit of much better campus ministry better formation in those years and it's starting to trickle down to their kids so that's that's one of the things that I'm I'm really excited about when we talk about uh, understanding the worldview. Your parents, the family, shapes that worldview, right?
1: Yeah. Mm. So and, and and we have broken families, right? We really right. need to work on our families and support our families and build up our families. But you know what? Even in that brokenness, there is still uh, there are some partial truths that reach those kids, and they know they they love they love their family, and even though they're again there might be brokenness there. There, there is there is hope, because at the very core of the family, we see the holy family, and we see there is something good, uh, there is something good there. Uh, and and I really want to just, you know, help everybody. Here's the thing. At the end of the day, what are we supposed to do? Right? What what do we do? What is the new, new evangelization? Of what does Deacon Jeff speak? Because mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, you know? <laughs> I don't know the answer. I guess my whole point of doing a show like this was just like saying, hey, by the way, Here's sort of a reality check. We need to kind of see where people are, because that's necessarily going to change what we do and how we do it. Uh, you've mentioned a couple of things. Uh, uh, I was joking about bonfire or something like that, but but there there are other places where where kids are finding themselves right in social media. There are other. Ways in which they're connecting, like on a college campus. I love what Focus is doing. Mm-hmm. They, they've they've made an incredible impact in just teaching, uh, uh, helping kids know about relationship and how valuable that is. What are some other things? Other, if someone wants to get uh, some more information or a new way of looking at things, where is something that? Um, uh, that, a, that a person right now listening could go and kind of expand their horizons on uh, you know any new programs out there. Or, I have an idea. I, what's your idea Tom? So
0: here's I'm in the middle of this actually right now. It's father John Ricardo's the Rescue project. Don't make me a liar. I don't remember where you can go find that information but Google it or you know just do some research and it is fantastic. It's basically the Kerygma. It's taught over nine different sessions. Uh, their video sessions and it is absolutely fantastic
1: right so what have you but 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 in going to it what makes it fantastic what is it that opened your eyes or what 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 is the focus of that thing
0: just just what you talked about earlier how broken we are Uh, he makes it very very personal he talks about his brokenness uh, which is is actually very alarming. It's shocking. Yeah, and um, and and people just don't understand that there is a way to get there is a way to be rescued from that. Yeah, and uh, I think that's what those kids need. I think that's what the new new evangelization it really needs to be about.
1: Yeah, I I, I agree, and because it's it's really like there's some there's some serious uh, battle zones and battle lines, you know, and a lot of times our uh, our older folk who who find their way to mass every single Sunday. I, I would I did a uh, I did a parish mission in Syracuse, New York, one time, uh, an older parish, and it was filled with older people. Mm-hmm. And I remember it, preaching uh, the homilies, uh, announcing the, the the mission, and I remember specifically started to talk about for whatever reason the Holy Spirit said let's talk about uh, the fact that our kids don't go to church anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I started that everybody suddenly looked up, and they're staring at me, like, they and they leaned, they leaned forward, and they wanted to know, like, how do I get my kids back in church? Right, You know, and, and that was an eye-opener as well, because that's where all the older people's hearts are, because they know there's something good here, but like, just making your kid go to church isn't gonna do it anymore, right? Kids aren't there anymore. So it's almost like project number one is not inviting them to mass. You don't disinvite them, You give them the opportunity to go but really it's i guess it's talking about relationship and the rescue project is is a lot about uh what we have to do and realizing there's a lot of hurt and a lot of damage uh and it's not like it's not the same church it was 20 years ago 40 years ago 60 years ago right right so uh and also i think Sam, would you agree that, like, younger folks are, like, they're clamoring for or demanding authenticity? I mean, they want something that's real, right?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I think we all are, to be quite frank. But if, if you go back to how to get your, your kids in church, if you have an authentic relationship with your kids and you're able to talk openly about your your faith without without... It coming across as though you're trying to manipulate them back into the pew, just find out where they're at and what they're thinking and and have real honest conversations about that. It's, it can be really good. Yeah. But young, young people just desire, they don't, they don't, young people have never liked hypocrisy. I don't like hypocrisy. Right. You know what I mean? No, you're if, right. if you want your kids in church, go to church yourself and pray.
1: First and foremost. That's the living witness, right? Yeah. Uh, it reminds me of my favorite bumper sticker. You know, oh, man, three
2: bumper sticker yeah,
1: episodes. Hobbit. That's the Latin one. Oh, right? You cannot give what you do not have. And they're not going to follow you to church if you're not in church. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to follow you in what you do if what you do is not authentic, if it's not about... Jesus in your life and seeing a transformation yeah, and if
2: it's if, if it's just happens in the pew and it doesn't happen in your home And it doesn't happen in yes. the way that you deal with other people And and if Christ is not the center of your life every day of the week every moment of the day Then you're gonna have problems like mean, you gotta we all have to work on ourselves And I think it starts with that
1: fundamental personal relationship with Jesus these people need to know that Jesus loves them First of all that there is a Jesus and that Jesus loves them This is and they need to see that in your life Uh, as well. So we've given you a lot of food for thought here, a lot of stuff to talk about, a lot of stuff that hopefully that you'll be able to see. But I I just promise you, if you can do this one thing and stay close to the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit does amazing. He does amazing and and beautiful, inspirational things all throughout history and very powerful. And so we just need to stay close to the Holy Spirit. And you know what? The Blessed Mother is going to help us to do that. So let's ask her and invite her to be in this mission with us as well.
0: You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation, one cup of coffee at a time.